Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Oh, well, from the royal family to another British person, Sharon Osbourne on the Colleen and Bradley Show, My Talk 1071. I'm Colleen Lindstrom. That's Bradley Trainer. Hi. Hi. And uh, Bradley, what's up with Sharon? Let's go back. What's she Sharon? Across the pond or state across the pond. Uh, as we were in our previous segment, this is far from royal. Well, it's a bunch of royal pain in the Batuski, mm. if you ask me. Sharon Osborne is still having opinions. I that, mean, I thought she'd grown out of them. Right? Uh, never, never. Uh, here's the thing: it's not that she's having opinions that bothers me. It's about what she's having opinions on mm-hmm. that is working my last nerve. She is still blaming everyone. Sharon Osborne is for the way she was let go at CBS or left CBS, because mm-hmm. again, there's a different telling of tales. She's literally still blaming everyone well, Bradley, but herself. She was canceled. Yes. She was canceled so much that she now has a job on a new network. And there's also a four part docuseries telling the tale no. of how she was canceled called Sharon Osborne. Helen back. They tried to cancel her. They failed. So technically, she wasn't canceled. I have so many I'm not, questions. I'm not going to tell you any more about that because I just don't think it's worth our time, although I do want to watch. I do um, I do just really quickly, I have to, like, they tried to cancel her. They tried to Who? cancel her. Who are they? Us? The are we mainstream they? mainstream media. Oh, I can't. Okay, what now? Actually, she would say, and according to the, she's talking to Page Six particularly, which I love. Page Six is like, exclusive. Page Six is being told by Sharon Osbourne exclusively. That she believes um, that CBS, well, CBS executives rather, arranged for her former co-hosts on the talk to put her through a traumatic on-air ordeal to punish her. Why? For being disloyal to the network. And you know what that had to do with? Apparently, Oprah's interview with Meghan and Harry. Mm -hmm. Now, that spurred uh, a lot of conversation, that interview did, which led Piers Morgan to say some really hot mess, racist, inappropriate things. Mm -hmm. And uh, she then supported him on air and then said, anyway, I'm not going to relitigate that. You know what happened. You have your own thoughts and opinions about it. What I will say is she is still telling the story that she uh, believes that CBS executives didn't like that she was bad-mouthing Oprah's interview with Harry and Meghan. Now, I do want to just tell you what she actually said, because her words are what I find to be the most Mm. delightful. They were initially, and I'm not going to do it in a British accent, because that's just a distraction. They were initially peed at me. She didn't say peed. Because I was saying the Oprah broadcast was bleep. Just to people at the studio. I didn't feel it was genuine. So she's saying, you know, behind the scenes, I was like, Oprah, this Oprah interview sucks. And she believes that because she was bad mouthing Oprah, that the executives then hatched a plot 
to make her look bad oh, on gosh. live television. She goes she goes on to say, plus, I had supported peers in his defense of the freedom of speech because he's a journalist. I think they were ticked off with me. And when I supported peers, it was like, oh, God. And then they were trying to make an issue. But by doing it very cleverly, by accusing me because I supported peers that I must be racist because he was racist because he had attacked well, Megan. I, I ask you a question. Has anybody said any of these things? No. Like, hey, Sharon, you don't get to work here anymore because you're racist because you're friends with Piers Morgan. No. And you defended him. No. Hey, also, Sharon, you get you, you need to go away now because you bleep talked Oprah. This is clearly I mean, I know that this is essentially what you're saying. And I'd like to get back to this as well. But like yeah. she is just as you're listening to her words, hear them from the perspective of a person who clearly cannot accept the reality of something and is bending a story to meet her own narrative. Also, if she is totally unwilling to see what actually happened, I was there. We paid attention because, you know, that's what we do for a living. A lot of people I realize are like, I don't even know what's this all about. She said something. And I can see where ignorant people would try to do the math sure. that she's doing because lazily they weren't there. Right. But and what I, they'll just tr- take her at her word. But what I saw from our vantage point was that she was horrible Mm-hmm. on air to her co-host mm-hmm. and off air to her co-host behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And ultimately she saw the writing on the wall and left in a huff because she didn't get treated. the way. This was all about her not getting what she wanted. Nobody tried to cancel mm-hmm. her. And it's that narrative that's too easy to grab onto because it's already floating out there. And somebody like Sharon Osbourne goes, well, yeah, I was canceled. Mm -hmm. And then guess what? Goes buddy, buddy up to her friend who's also made a career out of floating that (laughs) narrative out there, which again, I don't think you're canceled. And I mean, even, even her show says that she wasn't canceled. Right. It says they tried to cancel her. Actually, nobody did. You're not canceled, but you're not canceled. And look, I don't need to stand up for CBS executives because I don't know. I'm sure there's all sorts of drama behind the scenes and maybe they didn't want to work with her and maybe they were like, hey, this is an opportunity for her to go, bye. Like, whatever. I don't know. But what I do know is that every time Sharon Osbourne opens her mouth, it's about how she's a victim. And she is the least victimized person I have met in a very long time mm-hmm. when it comes to the world around us. Mm-hmm. And that just falls a little deaf on the ear um, or rings a little hollow. I did also just want to say that according to this page six article about Sharon Osbourne still yapping about why they let her go. And it was because she said bad things about Oprah. The CBS insider withered quote. This is a story only one person cares about. Sharon Osbourne. Sharon Osbourne. Yeah. They're like, our comment is. Yeah. Yeah. We don't care. Well, they've moved on. We've yeah, yeah. We're they're, fine, and they're they're super fine because they don't have to deal with her on the daily any longer. And the only reason that you, really the only reason she's talking is not just her own ego, other than that's an extension of the, her career, which is she's trying to get eyeballs on this four part uh, docu series, which is uh, airing where which on I've Fox? just given her plenty of yeah, uh, that's true free publicity. It's on Fox Nation, which I think is like okay. their streaming platform, and it airs uh, the 26th. Four parts, eh? This documentary also explores her upbringing in the music business, her early success in the industry, her marriage to Ozzy Osbourne, and her rise to fame. She told us she hopes, in addition to telling her side of the CBS story, that the series will show that she wasn't just some woman hanging around on a show married 
to Ozzy. I worked in show business since I was 15. This is the thing that I just want to say, honey, tell yourself that because all you've succeeded in doing, and I'm sure, you know, she would stand in my face and yell at me and probably I'd get spittle on my face because Mm -hmm. she would be so, because she seems to truly believe these things that she's saying. Either that or she is like master Machiavellian manipulator and fully understands the power of, you know, reality television, which wouldn't surprise me because, well, she was one of the OGs, right? Right. But my point is like, honey, what's really sad about all of this is like we could be busy telling all of these other amazing stories about you because you are a tremendously Mm -hmm. fascinating human who's had a very privileged and nuanced and peculiar position in the world. But for the fact that you won't stop talking about something that didn't happen because you felt aggrieved at a moment that like, Everybody else is like, um, what's going on? Well, this like is, she lit yeah. herself on fire, yeah. imploded, and is still talking about it. Meanwhile, everyone around her is like, I don't what we're all like CBS. What's going on? We're here? like, I've moved on. We're fine. Think about her co hosts. Yeah. You know, who were like, uh, Sharon. Also, I we tried to I just any time and this is just sort of like a relatable piece of thought for anybody. Anytime you find yourself in a position where you're thinking that a room full of people got together to plan your demise. Yeah. Like walk that back immediately. Cause I get, I'm sorry to say it and it's, but it's life's truth. Okay. I give you right now life's truth. Nobody cares about you as much as you care about yourself. Well, and that's the way it should be. <laughs> right. That's the no- way it should be because nobody's more responsible for you than you. Right. But it's so clear that she doesn't realize, like, she's not harnessing that energy because she's busy thinking about the boardroom full of people who are trying to plan her demise. Unless, now, and here's where I will give her some some possible credit, she realized that her career at CBS was not going anywhere and would not, and that she needed to plan for a way to a next chapter of her career, and this is the thing that she saw possible and used this narrative to get her to where she wanted to be next. I mean, Oof. that's that's the you know that could be a cynical cynical view, and and frankly, she did come up with something new, right? Like yeah. she does have a job now, and so you know whatever. Anyway, the moral of the story is I'm tired of this conversation. Although I love like because I just I have this vision of Oprah like oh I wish I had that power. Mm-hmm. Somebody talks crap about me and they I get them fired from yeah. their job. Yeah. When someone like Sharon Osbourne, I wish I had that yeah. power. Yeah. I mean, and if anybody does, it's Oprah, but I don't even think she would utilize no, but Oprah, that. Oprah would, do, like, yeah. she would pick up the phone yeah. and go, um, fire that woman. And yeah. they'd go, well, and she's like, I'll, or I'll fire you. And they go, okay, I'll do it. But she don't need to do that. No. Because it's Oprah. Oprah she don't Oprah. call and fire people. Mm-hmm. When we return on the Colleen and Bradley show, we got to get the Cobra gang together. Uh, the ex-husband of Wendy Williams, Kevin Hunter, uh, made a social media announcement yesterday mm. and then invoked her name. So oh. we're going to talk about what he's saying and right. what his story is when we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show on My Talk 1071. Well, the ex of Wendy Williams is talking, and uh, he's saying some stuff on the Colleen and Bradley show. My talk one oh seven one, Colleen Lindstrom, Bradley trainer, Hi. and uh, let's. I think we should probably get the Cobra Gang together. Okay. okay. Whenever there's trouble, when they're on the double, we're the Cobra, Cobra Gang. If you've got the crime, we've got the time. We're the Cobra, Cobra Gang. Okay. What's going on? 
So Kevin Hunter, ex-husband of Wendy Williams, remember, just to kind of reset the stage, because I do think it's important, you have to remember how their relationship imploded. Yeah. Do you recall? Well, he had a baby with another lady. Precisely. He had a baby with another woman, and uh, that woman... Whose name is, hold on, I'm going to get it in front of me. Uh, that woman whose name I can't find right now, but the, she is now like, she's hot, like very, very, very involved in his career. Yeah. Um, anyway, so he took to his own Instagram live to share some very, very big news. And in doing so, he also talked about Wendy Williams. And what he shared is that he has decided for his own part that he is going to stop smoking weed. Okay. And he wants the world to know this. Okay. Uh, And then he goes on to talk about kind of why that's meaningful and what he's trying to do with that. And really it's be more present for his family and, um, and be, uh, be sort of like a stable force because Wendy is in a, okay, this is the closest we get to Wendy's in rehab. Because they keep on calling it a wellness center. Nobody will invoke the words rehab rehab officially. Yeah. I mean, it's sort of being reported in tabloids, but for her part. The, well, also, what is a wellness center? Nobody knows. That doesn't, that's not an actual thing. Right? Nobody knows. I've never heard of. Nobody says like I'm going to a wellness center. Yeah, maybe a wellness retreat. Sure. But then you you have visions of like yoga and chakras and you know massages and, and beautiful places. Yeah, sound bowls or whatever they call yeah. them. Anywho, uh, yeah. So he so he shares his own decision to quit smoking marijuana, and says of Wendy, she is getting the help she needs, and hopefully you know, you'll know, you know she'll come out of this swinging. I know she's got it in her. He does go on to say Sharina Hudson. That's the name of his uh, his new. I don't know if they're married, but uh, his the mother of his child, the mother of his child, who he's currently with. He says of her, he says, as far as my immediate family, meaning his wife or his Sharina Hudson, their child together. And then Kevin Jr., the child that he shares with the adult child that he shares with Wendy Williams. He says, I could not do this without them. The greatest help of my queen that's representing me now, Sharina Hudson, he said. And then he said, everybody's everybody's family. And when he says that, he's talking about Wendy Williams is like part of the fold. And I realized that I had to swing the sword for my whole family because there's a lot of people that are trying to exploit what I've built along with my family. I'm not going to let nobody take away from me what is mine, and I need to be very focused for the fight that is in front of me. Okay, now, what does that mean? Thank you. So that's the part where I, the, there's like some mystery involved. Is he talking about the financial situation that Wendy is in and how he might be involved in that? Yeah, I have no clue. This is the thing that, I, that continues to strike me about this entire story about Wendy Williams is... There's a lot of information that we have that's real information. Wells Fargo has cut her off. She does not have access to her money. And she has new representation. Like, we have facts, right? And then in the middle of all the facts, we're getting this, like, odd, not-all-the-way story. Like, she's going to a wellness center. She's working on a podcast. He's got some sort of fight in front of him. But... All of those things we're looking at and going, 
I think you're talking to me about something I'm I know that I don't know. Yeah. Like, well, and I imagine that he's being particularly coy about it, but one wonders why he's saying anything. Right. So then that's the other piece of this is what's what are you getting at here? Because, again, we have suspected or we have been concerned that maybe he was up to some no good. Well, yeah, the, 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 I mean, at, at the time that they went their separate ways, we knew that there was like this infidelity. But then very quickly, we also knew that he was like uh, he had a role on the show, right. which he was let go from, like he was shut out. And then after she, you know, there, all these financial questions were raised. People had questions about his you know, if his fingers were in any of this, because at one point a lawyer that represented him was representing Wendy. Mm-hmm. So that seemed like a conflict of interest. So, yeah, I, well, it really remains to be seen. And it's clear that Wendy is not capable of managing her own situation, Mm-mm. which is why she is where she is, probably yeah. wherever that wherever is. Wherever that still is. Don't know. Yeah, exactly. Still more questions than answers. Well, she is, uh, her team is still claiming that she is going to be. Doing a podcast called the Wendy Williams Experience. Yeah, I don't think. Experience. Don't hold your breath for that. Exactly. Uh, when we return on the Colleen and Bradley show, celebrities behaving badly, we call them. Deep and we're going to tell you all about them after this on my talk one zero seven one. Celebrities behaving badly. I love. We do. We love to tell you about them on the Colleen and Bradley show. My talk one zero seven one. I'm Colleen Lindstrom. That's Bradley Trainer. And uh, these celebrities behaving badly have a name, and we call them... D-Bags! Presenting Lord and Lady Douchebag of the Day. Who's your D-Bag? TMZ. Oh, oh, what's going on over there? Oh my gosh. I saw this headline, and I thought, really, truly tasteless. Oh, great. Okay. Fun. Headline. Queen Elizabeth funeral ratings far below Diana's. Oh, what? They did an entire article on how the ratings, the television ratings for the Queen's televised funeral. Okay. Were Seems a little crass. Lower than the televised funeral of Princess Diana. Yeah, that seems like a, such an American oh. thing to do because, like, we all care about Princess Diana and somebody has an axe to grind, maybe. I don't know. That is so tacky. It's so gross, but now you know that uh, the TV ratings for Queen Elizabeth II's burial ceremony on Monday pale in comparison. I'm reading actual words here to how many people watched Diana's service in 1997 drastically. So when it comes to us Yankees, Oh, so they're saying Americans, Americans, but But what about the British? Well, we've got that too. Okay. So let me tell you what the Americans did. Cause again, this is crass. So we might as well go all in. Yeah. That's that's all that matters. On average, 11.4 million viewers watched the queen's state funeral and 33.2 million people in the United States of America watched Diana's. Uh, in in the so among the British though about 27 million British people watched the monarch's funeral. Less than 32 million turned in for tuned in for Princess Di. Oh, so it's a narrower same. margin uh, for the Brits, yeah. but for us, it was nearly twice also, as many. Also, this is just dumb because. 
science. I don't know. I mean, it's just dumb. I don't have a reason. It's oh, okay. Because I thought you were going to say the other reason why it's really dumb is like they made it kind of like a non-story into a story because what ratings are not being accounted for is the other streaming ways that people watched her funeral. Oh, well, yeah, even less so important. Though. Exactly. So they told nothing. They just wanted this to be like you guys. The well, queen wasn't that big of a deal. What I will say, and look, we look at things that are, you know, like I, I like to get under the hood and look at numbers and things like that because that's what we do in terms of like TV and big events. Sure, this is all fascinating and interesting. It's a little crass and like maybe uh, the framing is wrong. Um, but I would just say like all this really tells us is that Americans were far more transfixed by the death of Princess Diana, which, by the way, was also infinitely more tragic. Mm -hmm. unexpected breaking news shocking disturbing sad Mm -hmm. than perhaps the death of the longest reigning queen who was 96 yep who by all accounts was not doing well Mm -hmm. who'd had a rough couple of years Mm -hmm. like that that's not breaking news also technology has changed a bit in 30 years yeah a a lot you know there are so many other ways we watch things now so they do kind of tuck that into the story that it's unfair to compare that But they didn't lead with that. but yeah they didn't lead with it and it didn't stop them from doing it right it's so tmz to just throw it out front and just be gross from the get-go i would also say though i do think it is true that i think americans think more fondly of princess diana than they think of the queen sure as a general rule because well we love a fairy tale and we don't always get excited for the queen we get excited for the princess right and i'm not saying that people's love of princess diana was not real i'm just saying that i think that in the united states because for us it's even more of a fairy tale Mm -hmm. like i always think like americans having really thoughtful opinions about the british monarchy is interesting because it really doesn't affect us at all Mm -mm. like it's not a part of our culture no it's a part of our fascination it's like the opposite of part of our it's kind of one of those (laughs) things where like i would uh, let me oh no i don't want to make comparisons because then i get in trouble but it's like, you know, it's like when you're on a team and like you guys have like, I don't even know how to say this. So I'm just going to say it like when somebody on the outside gets really excited by something on the inside, like if uh, about mm-hmm. something a group uh, is doing mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. Like, you're like, oh, that's cute that you're fascinated by this, but it's not for you. Mm-hmm. Like the British monarchy yeah. is not for us. Yeah. No, it's definitely not. And so not. whatever we think about it, 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 all it tells us is what we're fascinated by. Mm-hmm. But it, like, I'm sure the British are like, oh, I don't care. You guys said yeah, you didn't want Yeah, y'all got out of here. You were yeah. like, deuces, bye. And also, we don't. That doesn't mean it's not entertaining. Trust me. I am a person who says this who is completely fascinated and utterly amused yeah, but you and rec- interested in the, the culture and the... But the, you recognize what place your opinion has in all yeah, of it. Like I'm not going over to Britain like, y'all, Let me tell you need you. to figure this out. <laughs> I do just want to, just to drive the point home all the way, tell you exactly how completely disgusting they are over at TMZ. Because after they have the awareness that they are comparing the, the ratings of Queen Elizabeth II's funeral yeah. against the ratings of Diana's funeral... They uh, they seem to have that awareness, and then they close the whole article with this. One other interesting tidbit, Prince Harry and Prince William getting hitched was apparently more must-see TV than their grandmother's funeral. Oh, God. 
gross. Is Debbie Downer anywhere? I just can't. I will say also, we got an email. Oh, fun. From Barb. And Barb said, you know, also, Diana's funeral was on a Saturday. The Queen's was on a weekday. That is a fact. So, I, oh, might have something to do with it. That I, do you remember? I just, I'm sorry to take this aside for just a moment, but do you remember? Did you watch it, her funeral? I'm sure I did. I remember more uh, the announcement of her death because it woke me up from a nap. Yeah. We were, we, we watched it. My, I lived with a bunch of uh, women in college and we, that was our morning that yeah. Saturday. We were like, get the pancakes. We're all crowding around the TV and we're all going to watch it. And we did. And we just, I, th- I, that is one of those memories of like, I yeah. will never forget that. But she's right. It was on a Saturday. Yeah. Which meant that it was a and lot easier for people somewhere, to do that. I'm sure. Right. You know, like, whatever, this is dumb. Uh, um, who's your D bag? Um, well, it's it's Olivia Wilde. I'm just oh, say it. okay. But it's really this movie uh, and these people. <laughs> Don't worry, because darling. Because I, yeah, exactly. That's the film. So whoever is responsible for the press around Don't Worry Darling has failed miserably at their job. Uh, There's another article that I because she just went on Colbert, I guess. And the headline was, I have nothing but respect for her talent. Olivia Wilde hits back at reports of a feud with sensational Florence Pugh and doubles down on claims she fired LaBeouf after he issued her an ultimatum. That's shy, I remember. Mm-hmm. She was saying in the thing with the thing. Right, you he guys, was like, I got receipts, You didn't. that didn't happen that way, and she's like, yeah, I did. This, uh, whoever was responsible for the media coverage of this movie has failed. Failed, failed, failed. Because all anybody talks about are these dumb side stories that may or may not be true, that I'm sure in some ways are true, but like, again, you don't want people. I know we say things like this all the time. Any press is good press. I don't think that's true. And in fact, I know that's not true because I listened to a podcast um, with folks in Hollywood. And um, one person who works for a company that basically surveys people about their feelings about films told that podcast Um people got an awareness of this movie in a way that they hadn't because of the drama surrounding it. Mm-hmm. But that, that interest is about an inch deep. Right. And that once reports came out that the reviews were bad, most of that interest went away. So lest you think, and I know we say this all the time that like, Oh, they just need us to be talking about the film. Mm-hmm. The thing we said about all the stories around this film constantly was, do you even know what this film is about? Yeah. Turns out, like about 30% of the world knows what this, or, or even knows about this film. Yeah. Far less actually know what the film is about. Right. And for a movie, you don't want that. And so the, the, and like kind of, or like kinded, similar movies like this generally are like a 40 or 50% knowledge right. level for people. So this film is even less understood by people. And so all of these headlines are not going to turn into box office sales. Right. So to me, the more you talk about these feuds, like the less people are getting a reason to go see this film. And so it just seems sad that Olivia Wilde now has to sit on Colbert and talk about whether she really likes Florence Pugh or not. Yeah, it's... And not the thing that she spent years of her life working on. Right. Right. I mean... Because this was her directorial debut yeah. in terms of a movie. And I, I I wonder if 
when, you know, with the benefit of the passing of time, if five years from now, she will look back on this and think to herself, wow, what a, like, we really did not do that right. Right. Because there's no, now you can't put the genie back in the bottle. There's no way to salvage the press for this movie. Yeah. And I think, and by the way, um, that podcast is called The Town. Um, they, it's not that I think she would, I think the mistake she probably thinks that she made was things like dating Harry Styles or, you know, speaking publicly about how she fired Shia LaBeouf, mm-hmm. like the things that led to this in the first place. It's not that I'm calling her a D bag because she's talking about this feud because I think it's, it's trumped up or something like that. I think it really is more uh, the people responsible for marketing this film and probably the choices that she initially made that sort of derailed people's attention from right. the fact that this by all accounts was supposed to be a very, you know, a very successful film. Yeah, well, conceptually, the the premise from what I've read. Yeah, which, by the way, I don't think we even bothered to, like, think about the premise until about, I don't oh, know, a year into I this think conversation. Monday, this past we were far Monday. more fascinated with with her dating Harry Styles right. than we were what was actually going on. And then to, like, for unforced error start telling people why you fired Shia LaBeouf like let me let me think about the things I should do to get people to want to see my movie give Shia LaBeouf a reason to open his mouth and come at me no thanks never do that no thanks but from what I've seen the premise of this movie actually does look like something that would be interesting but they never leaned into that and it's too late now but also add to that by all accounts that film has not gotten great reviews yeah no that's true that further i think it's got like a 33 percent on rotten tomatoes so yeah all this for what for what yeah walking around in parking lots with harry styles for what Mm, was it worth it when we come back (sighs) on the colleen and bradley show that's a question i'm asking myself was it worth it because i watched that ryan murphy jeffrey dahmer show i watched the first episode i'd like to share experience with you no thanks well i'm gonna tell you when we come back after this on my talk 1071 oh goodness gracious well i watched some tv last night on the colleen and bradley show my talk 1071 colleen lindstrom bradley trainer and uh what i watched was monster the jeffrey dahmer story and that's nasty it really was whenever we talk about tv we do a little here's what we're watching live you guys watch that television show together, don't you? Team Cobra presents Here's What We're Watching Live. What you watching? Why did you watch this? Well, okay, because I don't know. Why would anybody watch this? Listen, there's this weird curiosity that I maybe have had okay. in my life about <laughs> serial killers. Okay. Because I, you're I not alone. I mean, I true know. crime is a thing. It I'm really not, is. I'm, but I just, I like, I saw this literally last night as I was creeping along the uh, the streaming options, and I was like, nope, nope, no. I I need some light in my life. I agree with that. I I think I went first of all. I was like, I think we probably this is a thing that people are watching Did you just right watch now. This. I hope you were like alone. Right, yeah, or yeah, this I was wasn't like like hey, family no. gathered oh, around. Oh, for goodness' sake, no, 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 no. I watched it alone, literally 
earbuds iPad, not even like on an actual television. I was not, this is not. <laughs> so like kids to walk in. Oh, we're like, what? I mean, we have enough problems watching like Eastbound and Down. Like you never know when you're going to get surprise boobs. Oh, okay. Danny McBride loves boobs in a wiener. That's so true. like, yeah, anyway, but this, this is a slightly different <laughs> topic. So, you know, we've always said Ryan Murphy can, has the potential to do interesting things with a story that's already been written. Yeah. And so I I walked toward it because we all, many of us, I should say, lived at the time of the arrest of Jeffrey Dahmer mm-hmm. and then the uncovering of the unspeakable crimes he committed. Yeah. Um. And so I've always he's he's sort of always been a curiosity for me. And I thought, okay, well, let me see what Ryan Murphy does with this. Now, what I was not anticipating was that we were going to get right to it, like in episode one. I mean, spoiler alert. It's not a spoiler because it's it's it happened. It happened. Yeah. The first episode, though, you begin with his arrest okay, and how that happened, which actually was a story I did not know. Well, I was going to say, it's not that I'm not uh, interested in the story per se, meaning I don't know what actually happened because I was so young, I think, when this actually mm-hmm. went down. And I just heard, I think, probably like a lot of people sort of like bits and pieces, oh God. like uh, just awkward parts of, oh, God. I didn't try again (laughs) because we didn't confront the story as it really was. And I know that it was shocking and terrifying and more horrible than ever I could possibly imagine because that was never covered in full detail. So Uh what I'm saying is I could see that, you know, this is going to fill in the blanks for people who may not know the story in its full detail. Absolutely. So it begins with the, the near miss that somebody had in his apartment as he's being threatened and realizes that he's actually in the apartment of a killer and how he gets away. Okay. And then you get the discovery of the crimes because of what he has in his home, which is by the way, an apartment. And I guess I did not realize that piece of the story that he did all of this in an apartment building. I just remember like I have vague visions of like refrigerator freezer. There was a chest freezer in his apartment that had stuff in it. There was a refrigerator freezer that had stuff in it. There was a (sighs) vat in the corner of his bedroom with bleach in it that had stuff in it. And there were, human remains in his possession in his apartment. Niecy Nash plays his neighbor. Oh, so this. this is this is not a documentary. It's like a No, this is a Ryan Murphy oh. dramatization. So you start with an Evan Peters plays Jeffrey Dahmer. Oh god. Niecy Nash plays the neighbor and she literally like shares a wall with his apartment and has a vent and keeps complaining about the smell. Oh god. It is there's, it's a lot. It is but a I bet journey. It is, I, I bet, you know, here's other, because I know Ryan Murphy enough to know, I bet, you know, it's going to be gruesome. It's going to be disgusting and scary because he's really good at all of those mm-hmm. things. And I mean, this is television after all. But um, also, I imagine that this brings in uh, layers of other stories we're not even aware of because, you know, there was, uh, there were other bigger stories 
that this story uncovered. Yeah. Well, yes. And also what I just found out by talking to Grant, and I'm glad for this, because when I left that show, I thought I can't go on with this series because it is so gruesome. They go right in in the first episode and it ends with his arrest and then them telling his father about what happened. And his father clearly had no idea in the. Yeah. And then his father starts to talk about what kind of a child Jeffrey Dahmer was. And I'm thinking to myself, that's what I'm curious about is like the psychology of how does somebody get yeah, to that? I think that's what fascinates serial killers or about people about yeah. serial killers. Yeah. Grant has told me, he said, stick with it, because in the second episode, he said it does get more into that. So I thought, OK, I think that this was like an exposure situation where it was like they have to rip the Band-Aid off and tell you all of the stuff right off the bat. And I think about what that must be like for people who didn't live at the time around the buzz around Jeffrey Dahmer when he was arrested to, to get all of that in one shot. I mean, you sort of know what you're walking into, but we did get a tweet from Panda who said, I watched the first three episodes of the Dahmer series. Uh, Surprisingly have never learned much about him. Even, uh, even with a prof who interviewed him, I told plenty of people, I laughed at the content warning for smoking. Like, yes, I'm very disturbed by smoke. And that's true. They did a content warning at the beginning that this shows people smoking cigarettes. Okay. And then we saw dismemberment. Yeah. It was awkward. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Ryan Murphy. Okay. So are you going to keep watching? <laughs> well, I wasn't. Honestly, I was ready to come on this microphone and say, I'm done. Bye. But after talking to Grant, I do think that there's something, the thing that I want to get to, it sounds like is in there and it's 10 episodes. I don't, I, I'm going to try, I'm going one at a time is how I'm going to go <laughs> Good. forward. I mean, thank you for doing uh, your television duty. But, I am going to sit over here and continue to watch YouTube videos yeah. uh, that involve making Fun things with food. I feel like you're probably making better choices. I do just want to tell you really quickly this cast. Evan Peters is Jeffrey Dahmer. Niecy Nash is the neighbor. But Molly Ringwald is in this. Richard Jenkins plays his father. Mm. Um, and Penelope Ann Miller is in it. I mean, it's got like a very interesting cast. Some newcomers yeah. in the Ryan Murphy world, but All some right. people that we know what their performances yeah, are going to be like. Good. Good cast. He does. Uh, all right. When we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show, now I want to know what you're watching. 651 641 1071. What you watching? We're going to take your calls. We're going to talk to you when we come back on the Colleen and Bradley show on My Talk 1071.